Fashion Questions. On each episode, we ask a different question to retail insiders about the fashion industry. This is where they share their views and insights. Brought to you by Hive. The group's fashion portfolio includes Moda at Spring and Autumn Fair, Pure London and Source Fashion. Stay tuned. Welcome to Fashion Questions. The pandemic has accelerated the transformation of the retail industry. Physical stores move location much more frequently, and many businesses are using pop-ups to test the market, sometimes for only a couple of days. This has a profound impact in terms of sustainability, and retailers are now looking at new ways of designing a store to make it more environmentally friendly. How can your store become more sustainable? This is the question of our new episode of Fashion Questions. Dr. Caitlin Cartier, Academic Director at Retail Design Lab and Assistant Professor in Retail Design at the Faculty of Architecture and Arts of Asselt University in Belgium, is joining us remotely to shed some light on how to make stores more sustainable without compromising on customer experience. Good morning and thank you so much for joining our Fashion Questions podcast. Retailers are having to adapt to a new landscape where stores are much more fleeting. What can they do to minimize the impact on the environment? Well, that's actually quite a good question and also immediately a difficult one. Um, I think the main thing is that they should consider the role of the store. Um, you have pop-up stores, which are very briefly there. You have uh, flagship stores, who have a longer lifespan. But the idea is that you think of the role of the store and how long it needs to be there and that you then decide which materials are best to use. Because there are some materials that are used best for a lifespan of 50 years, for example, but a store will never be there for 50 years. So what we actually try to do is, is help retailers to understand if you use a material for a shorter lifespan, you should also um, choose the right material for that lo- shorter lifespan. That's basically the idea. And the materials themselves, what are the best performing retail design materials? Well, in terms of sustainability, that's a very difficult question to ask because we are still at the forefront of this. Um, At the moment, we see retailers really trying to improve um, sustainable products, the the one that they are selling, and sustainable store interiors is still really in the beginning. So there's unfortunately not one size fits all because if you look at Um, materials that have a high impact are materials that are coming from abroad because of the transport for example but also materials that are not even local sourced. so if you do want to use sustainable materials you do have to look at what is locally sourced and what is within reach of your own store so what we did is look for the case of belgium Um, but of course um, you're not located in belgium and everybody who's listening might be in a different place so it takes time to consider which materials are best for that specific location. That's the challenge that we have today. And can retail design embrace the circular economy model? They definitely can, but I don't think it's uh, 100% possible because uh, again, it's a learning curve um, and all materials being 100% um, in a circular business model will be a challenge. But you can make decisions and think about, okay, if I use materials for a shorter lifespan, um, I use materials that are that are not that decent, that are um, easier maybe to uh, dissolve in nature. 
And on the other hand, you have materials that are more rigid, that are more firm, like uh, steel or aluminium. It's okay to use them, but then use them again in the new store design. So if you use the store design for seven years, for example, which is the average that we see today, if you then change the store, you can really think about, okay, if I have these uh, materials that I can reuse again, why shouldn't I? So you can change them, you can repaint them, you can recycle them if you want, but just put them again in the cycle of your store design. And that's uh, something that needs to be decided already in the beginning of the design process. And that's maybe um, when you ask me the first question about um, what is the best strategy to do today is actually really thinking about the design of the store and try to integrate um, design for disassembly, for example. If you have different materials that you can disassemble very easily, it's easy for them to sort and then, then don't have to go to waste. So I do think, um, yes, we can embrace the circular materials, but you have to invest in it. And it's not investing in money, it's investing in time. Give designers the time to think about it and give designers the time to think about the store, how they have to design it, flexible, um, design for disassembly. These are only just two uh, examples of how you can do it. So investment in time today is key. When you were at Shop Talk Europe here in London, you said the store has become another communication tool which means retailers have to design it differently because when the customer comes in, they see it as a brand. Can you name a store where this has been successfully achieved? Well, if you look back, the, the first example that always springs to mind for me is Apple because their stores are really communicating what they are, communicating the brand. Um, the customer can freely browse, test products, and they don't have to buy. And you don't feel guilty if you don't buy at an Apple store. You don't feel guilty at all. You just become fond of the brand and maybe in a later stage online or you go back. It doesn't matter. Then you still might uh, consider buying an Apple product. So that's for me a very good example. Also, um, Samsung has done the same, but maybe a bit more extreme. In the Samsung Experience Store in New York, you cannot buy anything. It's just really experiencing the product. And they use, of course, the store to communicate with the community. Just like Apple does, they use the store to make content, to build content, and to then use it uh, in different channels. It's one thing I think that is a good example. On the other hand, today, we also see a lot of brands really tapping into that idea of the store needs to communicate. Look at, for example, Balenciaga in London, who really... Um, used their store and they packed it in with a pink fabric. Uh, so mm. the store design hasn't changed, but they just packed it. And of course, that's a buzz in itself. People are visiting the Balenciaga store just to see it and taking pictures of it and spread it throughout social media. The same goes for Dior and Coach. They also have installations. They were more temporary, um, but still it creates a buzz. And then, of course, it becomes a communication channel. And again, if you don't buy in these stores, it's okay. They just want you to reach you. They just want to communicate with you. And again, maybe in a later stage, you become fond of the brand. Startup companies tend to have a limited budget and sustainability usually comes at a cost. How can entrepreneurs improve their store experience without spending too much? Well, store experience for us um, starts with the DNA. Um, who you are as a retailer, that's always how you have to start to think about your uh, customer experience or your experience overall. And if then sustainability is part of it, then it's, it's good to convey that message. But um, making your experience according to your DNA doesn't have 
any specific cost. It's available at every budget. So it doesn't mean that both sustainability and experience doesn't have to cost money. I think that's a wrong perception. Um, experience doesn't have to cost money, you just have to make a good story which is coherent and consistent. And in terms of sustainability, you just have to be creative. It takes time, as I mentioned before, so I do think we have to invest time in thinking, time in discovering which products and which uh, materials are best to use. But other than time, it doesn't really cost that much more. So, so it's um, much more yeah. about thinking outside the box. Yeah. The Hugo Boss Group has just opened its new Boss flagship store here in London, introducing a bespoke digital customer experience. What do you think about this innovative approach to store design? Well, it's a very interesting example. I have to admit, I had to look it up online because I haven't had the chance yet to visit it in London. Um, so it's maybe a bit unfair for me to judge, but what I could see from the online articles and, and photographs is that they're using technology to personalize the store experience and the products. Yeah. And that's definitely a smart thing to do. So technology in our perspective is there to serve and to help, um, to help the customers, to help the brand and to help the retailer and the personnel also in the store. And I think Hugo Boss is really doing that very smartly by using that technology to have a one-on-one -on -one communication with um, the people in the store. And if you have that one-on-one -on -one communication, the next step is having a personal experience. And that's really relevant. And that's definitely the way to go forward today. We do have many brands and retailers in our audience, both emerging and already firmly established in the market. Is there a general advice that you can give about retail design and customer experience based on the work you have done so far with businesses? As I mentioned earlier, for us, we always start with the DNA. You really have to look who you are and start from within. Um, so don't jump on every trend that is passing. You really have to start with who you are and then move into dissecting your stores, physical stores, and really think about the role that they are playing. Is it a flagship store? Is it just a fulfillment center? Is it more service oriented? Is it more a store that has more convenience? And that really determines the different designs. Um, so the one size fits all will disappear. I think we will have many more different stores of different formulas serving different purposes for different people. So there will be less stores, I think, uh, in the future, but they will be better designed, um, less copied from one another and really make them unique and relevant for the, the local community. That's actually, I think, key is that, yeah, the local store is here again. COVID might have helped that um, to appreciate what we have around us rather than uh, all around the world. So my, my biggest advice would be think about the local community. Retail is not an operational service. Retail is a service around people. So think about the people and make sure that they are served uh, with the specific store in a specific location. I read somewhere that more and more shopping is about entertainment. Do you think retailers need to think about that entertainment component when they're designing a new store? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was at Job Talk, as you mentioned, and there was a very interesting lady also. I had a discussion with her and she was saying the same. Um, so the idea is that there is no competition anymore between um, money of course, there's always money an issue, but it's a competition in time. 
So retailers should look at leisure industry, what is happening there, and take that strength into the retail because people will, in your future, will decide what they will do in a day. And um, it's not about does it cost a lot or not because you can go to an amusement park, but it also costs money. So it's more about where do I want to spend my time? And if I have a nice opportunity to spend my time in a nice store, where I can relax and do stuff, then that's something that I might prioritize over an amusement park. So really look at the leisure industry and, and try to integrate these KPIs into uh, the store design. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned.